Hello to all of the magnificent members of the Metaverse. It's me, good old JP, back at you once again with another episode of our lovely podcast here, Talking Meta. The past few episodes, or the past two episodes to be specific, I have gone over certain movies or shows that I wanted to give my two cents on. And this will be the third episode of that. And this time, we're talking about anime, y'all. We're talking about one of the best anime to recently come out, as far as like action animes go, at least. And that's Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer is, is up there, man. Like, it's up there with some of my favorite anime, just because of how the characters are written and the story is awesome. But we're going to talk about all of that in this wonderful, wonderful episode. So let's jump right into that. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about the first season of Demon Slayer to start off. And then I'm going to transition and talk about the recently released Demon Slayer Mugen Train movie. So with that being said, let's jump right into season one. What did I think of season one? Overall, for a first season, it's really, really good. It doesn't. So I looked at I had to look this up just to make sure, because I know that uh, anime either they sometimes heavily devote themselves to basically create the manga in anime form or sometimes they they change a few things here or there so i wanted to know you know what exactly is demon slayer in terms of that and it seems that the story arcs there are many story arcs that goes on in this uh, show it starts out with the final selection arc then the first mission arc and then the I'm going to try to pronounce this properly. Asakusa arc? Yeah, I think that's what it, how, it's, how it's pronounced. Or like, that's the closest I'm going to get to pronouncing it. And then it's the Susumi Mansion arc. I'm getting it. Not, and then it's the Natagomo Mountain arc. And then it's the rehabilita- uh, Rehabilitation Training arc. And then the movie is basically the entire Mugen Train arc. And that movie is two hours, and it covers a lot of shit. Uh, I, and I know that Demon Slayer did get picked up for a season two. And if it does pick, get picked up, then that probably means it'll cover uh, the Entertainment District uh, arc, as well as the Swordsmith Village arc and the Hashira training arc, which I don't know what that entails of. I am not looking up spoilers in the manga for what could happen in the anime. I want to be kept entertained and enthralled throughout this entire adventure because this is such a damn good anime. But let's start with the story. Now, I will go ahead and say I am going to be spoiling the first season, but the first season has been out for a minute. Uh, if you do want to catch up and uh, you want to hear my thoughts afterwards, I know that it's on Crunchyroll. I watched it subbed. I'm not going to do the debate right now of sub versus dubbed. I kind of watch both depending. But anyway, I also know that on Funimation, they recently released, and this was like to build up to the movie. They released three specials to like basically catch people up with the first season so they can go watch the movie. The first special is an hour, the second one is two hours, and then the third one is another hour. So all in all, that's about four hours of your time that you'd be doing watching these specials, which just is a summary of the entire first season and everything that goes on. But with that out of the way, and me saying that, first season. Okay, I am also going to talk spoilers for the Mugen Train movie, which I know recently just left theaters, so spoiler warning for that as well. What do I think of the first season? Well, Well, let's talk about the story. Let's talk about the story first off. The story follows our main protagonist. I'm trying to, uh, Kamado, yeah, Kamado Tanjiro. That's how he says it in the, in the sub. 
but his, his real name is, is reverse. So it's Tanjiro Kamado. It follows Tanjiro, who his, his family lives on a snowy mountain village, on a mountaintop, snowy mountaintop. And he has to, he, his family, like no, noble farmers, he has to go into town to trade their, what they harvest and, and whatever for supplies, basically. So he goes into town because he's essentially the man of the house because his father is dead. It's just his mom and his little brothers and sisters. And it's a really peaceful life for Tanjiro. He doesn't mind it one bit. There's a terrible snowstorm that comes, and Tanjiro is forced to stay at this gentleman's house while the snowstorm passes. And this whole then he also the person also tells him, Hey, demons run around this mountaintop at night. You cannot travel at night in the snow. You will die. So Tanjiro begrudgingly stays the night. When he wakes up in the morning and goes up the top of the mountain, his entire family is dead, except for the second oldest child, his little sister, in terms of, you know, age difference, little sister, Nezuko. Nezuko is barely clinging on to life. And so Tanjiro brings her back to the village. He tries to help her, but he finds out every one of his family members was slaughtered by demons, except for Nezuko, who was given some of the demon lord's strength. And so now, with the help of, what are they called? Hashiras, the water Hashira to be specific, he has to try to find a way to cure Nezuko. He wants to cure Nezuko so he can save his sister from the god-awful fate of being a demon for the rest of her life. Now, what's great about this is they, what's great about this is that they show how, how awful the demons are in this world, how they are the antagonist of this world, and how brutal they can be. And that's one thing I love about anime as an art form in general, whereas Western, Western, uh, Western pop culture and fantasy and all that stuff, we, there is, like, I'm not saying it's like fucking fluffy rainbows and unicorns and shit, because it can get fucked up. I mean, go watch Invincible. But that's the common trend with, with, with anime is like, there never, there is happy endings, but not always. And I'm not saying that that's what I think is going to happen for Tanjiro and Ezuko. But, or I should say, however, you don't know. It's not cookie core. It's not cookie cutter formulaic to an extent. It's sometimes it's somewhat is. It's somewhat isn't. But that's with all forms of media. We got the demons in this show. Show how threatening they are early on. Hell, I think while yeah. So okay, so here like here's another good thing. Here's a really cool thing about it. So demons in this world cannot be in the sunlight. It's kind of like vampires. They'll, they'll disintegrate. They'll die. They'll burn up in the sun. And so now that Nezuko's become a demon, the only way for Tanjiro to move her anywhere is in a basket. And, like, that's just, that's just, that's just great. Like, characters finding a way around this stuff is just fantastic to me. Also, I'm going to go ahead and just say it right now, ladies and gentlemen, people of the internet, I know Nezuko is some of y'all's waifu. I am not here to judge that. What I am here to say, though, is that I don't see her as my waifu, but goddamn, she is one of the cutest characters in anime right now. And it's one of those things where she's a little sister type to me. Like, she's a genuine little sister. I would protect, I would want to protect her, even though she really doesn't need protection. And she shows that as well in this, in this first season. She literally kicks a dude's head off like a fucking football. Just punts that shit off. It's hilarious. Yeah, Nezuko is a great character. Tanjiro is a great character. And then later, 
it goes into so Tanjiro finds out, and I am doing this a little bit off the hip in terms of explaining the, the, the story. But from there, Tanjiro learns that he has to become a demon slayer to find the head demon to undo the to undo what happened to Nezuko. So he becomes a demon slayer. That where that's where it goes into the first mission arc, or no, the um the final selection arc, and then the first mission arc. And along the way, we we meet other characters like the Water Hashira, uh, former Water Hashira. I'm gonna try to pronounce this man's name, Sakanoji. I think I pronounced it right. That is Tanjiro's uh, sensei, his master. He teaches him how to become a demon slayer. And along the way, after becoming a demon slayer, we run into other fantastic characters like Zaintsu. Zaintsu? Hold on. Zenitsu? Zaints? Ah, fucking hell. <laughs> Zenitsu. Zenitsu. I'm going to fuck these names up so bad. And Inosuke. Inosuke is one of my absolute favorite characters in anime, period. This motherfucker is amazing. Oh my god, he is the boy. Inosuke is the boy. And yes, for those wondering, that is the one that wears the boar's head every damn wear. And it's freaking hilarious. But it's for a reason. It's somewhat for a reason. It's not just because it's lulls and funny and all that. There's a reason for that. But yeah, on their journey, they run into other great characters like uh, there's these two demons in the city. Uh, in one of the cities that Tanjiro and Nezuko visit, this is before they meet Zaintsu and Inosuke, uh, Yushiro and Tamayo. Tamayo. Yeah, Tamayo. All these characters are, are written great. The pacing throughout the season is pretty solid, I would say. The demons that they face in terms of their powers is unique to me. Like, it's insane how each demon is so drastically different from one another. Like, this is. And, and and to be fair, to make a show like this interesting, they had to do this. And my God, like, it's, they nailed it. That is just fucking pinpoint accuracy, bro. Oh, it's so good. It's really, really good. There's one that's like a swamp demon. There's one that, uh, like, I'm not gonna, I don't want to spoil how, but like, this one demon, like, controls an entire building. Like, he is the building. It's weird as shit. There's one, there's like a duo team that work together to they fight Nezuko and Tanjiro early on. Each demon is a formidable threat to these young up and coming demon slayers. And it proves that, Hey, you cannot let your guard down. You cannot go soft for a minute in this world. Otherwise you will die. And as a demon slayer, you will die. If you even for a moment, let your guard down. The name of the head demon is Muz, uh, Muzan Kibu Sushi. God damn, I, I'm sorry if I'm butchering these, y'all. I'm trying so hard to actually pronounce these names proper. For now, I'm just going to call him Muzan, because that's his first name. Muzan is the head demon, and you only see him in very few episodes. It's one of those things in, in storytelling where you show the big bad, but you don't show how powerful he really is. You, you give glimpses of the power and how much he has behind him, but you don't fully show it, because that, that would ruin the, the buildup to the big fights they're about to have. Because I can tell Tanjiro is going to get stronger and he's going to pose a threat to Muzan. But yeah, each arc, if I had to pick a favorite, my favorite arc, oh boy, that actually, I actually got a little strung up on that. That actually kind of fucked me up. Uh, <laughs> let me see. I would say it's the, uh, 
Natsugumo Mountain arc. That arc gets insane, bro. As far as the first season, that gets insane. <laughs> yeah, and and of course, like along the way, I, I keep saying along the way they're gonna meet more characters, but by the end of it, leading into the movie, which we're gonna talk about now, we're gonna I'm about to talk about, I mean, there are you meet the Hashiras. You meet all the other Hashiras by the end of the by the end of the season. Although it's not for long, though. They only give a glimpse, and I think that is the best decision you could make. Because they're obviously going to be involved more as the seasons go on. And I think keeping most of them and their personalities hidden, I think that is for the best. I think that. Yeah, because because uh, I don't know, I don't know, like how they plan to like dish out these Hashiras as far as the seasons go. But just so everyone's know, like there's a water one, there's a love one, there's a serpent one, a wind, a stone, a sound, a mist, an insect, and a fire. There's it's <laughs> when I saw when I saw the times I was like, damn, is this a fucking are these fucking swordsmen or Pokemon types? Like what the hell? Like they're covering all the bases here, even the weird one. By the way, a sound Hashira sounds sounds dope as hell. Like manipulating sound to fight your enemy, bro. That's I want to see a fight with that one. That one would be hardcore, especially if he teams up with the wind one. Oh my god, that would be dope. That'd be so dope. The growth that these characters go through in the first season is also admirable and great, and you can see that there's more to go. And now I'm going to. I'm probably going to jump back and forth at this point between the between season one and the movie, so I can go ahead and start covering the movie. So the Mugen Train movie, it is phenomenal. It's amazing. This was my first actual proper anime movie, like in theaters. I saw it in theaters. Uh, it's, it's, it's an experience that I've heard so much about, and I know that a lot of fans are passionate. I know for a fact when this movie first launched, all the big Demon Slayer fans went to go see it. If they didn't, I'd be surprised. But what's great about when I went to see it was this was like the second day before it left theaters in my area. And there was only four other souls in that arena with me or that theater with me. And I was literally dead center. So it looked like I had the world's biggest TV watching this dope ass movie on. It was the it was the best feeling ever. I had like a Pepsi. Oh, it was great. But let's go over the movie. So at the end, and again, spoilers for the end of the first season and the movie. I'm about to give those away now. At the end of the first season, Tanjiro, Zentsu, and Inosuke all get, well, I know that uh, Tanjiro and Inosuke get new swords. There's a really funny scene with them getting the swords in the first season, but I won't spoil what happens. But yeah, they get new swords. And they're told, hey, oh, so Tanjiro, Tanjiro's father had this fire power, and somehow Tanjiro is able to conjure it. And he wants to know how. how. How am I able to conjure it when I'm, like, my thing is I am a water swordsman. And I think it's Shinobu, the insect Hashira. I think she tells Tanjiro, hey, just talk to the flame Hashira, Kyojuro, Juro, yeah, Kyojuro, and see if he knows what that technique is. He's going, he's on a mission right now, so he'll have to go and find him, but yeah, and then it just it turns out anyway that they have to go help him because the the way they the way they communicate in this world in terms of like where they're assigned to go for their missions is through talking crows. 
And the crows are somewhat funny, somewhat annoying. But yeah, they're told, hey, you have to back up the flame Shira on this train. Get to it. And that's where the movie picks up as far as that goes. We see the flame Shira. We see our main pro tags on the train. And they're supposed to stop this very powerful demon that is on the brink of. So I should also probably mention this. This demon is on the brink of becoming in the top elite of, of this demon lord's army or his, his little group. So the way that the head demon has his, his, his organization going, as it were, is he has top elites and then there is the underlings. And if you, are, if you become powerful enough and you succeed enough to where you kill enough demon slayers, basically it's like a promotion, you can become, you can go up to the top echelon and be a top demon for him. So with that being said, this man's, this demon's job is to kill the fire Hashira, as well as the other demon slayers, especially Tanjiro. Because we don't know why yet, but for some reason, the head demon is scared of Tanjiro. Or he knows Tanjiro's earrings, because Tanjiro does wear some type of earring in the, in the anime. And for some reason, that frightens him. Just to give a comparison for the sake of it, uh, it's sort of the same thing with like in Ruby, the silver eyes are like they affect the grim. It's it's that type. I feel like it's gonna be that type of dynamic. But I digress. But yeah, it picks up the movie picks up where season one ended. The pacing was really good. It never stays on one particular thing for too long. Like, you know, they get on the train, they meet the fire Hashira, uh, and you know, the, the demon is shown. His plan is somewhat teased. The plan goes into fruition. They're caught in the plan and, and so on and so forth. It doesn't stay on one particular thing for too long. Unlike, I would say. Because with, with an, I, this is this is going to be the this is going to be the discussion, isn't it? Can you get away with more in a movie or in an anime? Because I feel like more was done in the anime than the actual movie in terms of like you can stay on a particular thing for a certain amount of time. Because again, the movie is two hours long. So you have two hours to play with. And you have to cover an entire arc in two hours. But I think they did a great job of doing that. Also, even though he's newly introduced, you care about uh, Kyodro. You care about him as a character because he shows how honorable and valor, val- uh, how much valor he has. He reminds me, like, I know, like, his thing in the, again, spoilers, he summons, like, a flame tiger, but he gives off the impression of a lion to me. A lion is very prideful, and uh, there's also the sense of, uh, at least in some depictions, like honorable, like people that have like a lion crest are honorable and all that type of stuff. He comes off as as that type of vibe. He's very, uh, he's not self-righteous per se. However, he will protect, he will, he he has like the vibe of a superhero. He protects the innocent, he protects the weak for for, for only, only because he knows that that's what more powerful people should do. I will also say this, Demon Slayer, even though it is a dark and somewhat sad show, there is a lot of disturbing imagery, there are some hilarious moments in the first season and in this movie, and the movie keeps that trend going. There were moments that had me laughing my ass off when I know I probably shouldn't have been, and then there were moments when, I, when the sadness does hit, but there's laughter, there's like humorous moments mixed into that, so like I've, I, I told my friends, I was like, never before have I seen a movie where I... I'm crying tears of sadness, but laughing with laughing uh, with joy. It's so weird. It was a weird feeling. The heartbreaking moments do hit hard, just as the the humor hit uh, hit spot on. So it's kind of again, it's like a one two punch. Like 
sadness, 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 funny ass moment. That's really, really funny. And it does work. It works incredibly well. The ending to the movie, I'm not going to spoil what happens in the ending. I, will, I want people to see this. I, 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 was gonna give, I am going to give spoilers to some of the plot, but not the actual ending because I want this to, I want, I want people to see this. It is worth seeing. But the ending is insane. The ending is absolutely insane. And, you know, you think all's wrapped up, but then, nah, son, we got a round two to get to. And I, it, I, 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 I shouldn't be surprised that anime does this because it does it all the damn time. But I'm thinking, oh, this is the end of the movie. Yeah, we're going to all you know, smile and happy and get ready for the next arc. Fuck no. <laughs> you don't get to leave the theaters happy. You got to leave sad. You got to leave sad, boy. <laughs> like, like I, I even put in my notes, bro. I said never. I have never humorously laughed while crying tears of sorrow. Like. What the hell? What even, bro? I'm going to get into... I, I didn't really dive deep into this, but I should t- talk about the dynamic of each of the characters that's present. So as far as the trio goes, uh, Zensu, Inosuke, and Tanjiro. Well, Nezuko too. Nezuko is part of the... It's, it's a squad more than a trio, but I digress. Zensu is a coward. For all intents and purposes, he is scared shitless. He doesn't want to be a demon slayer. And, and any chance he gets, he will cry, howl, moan, and damn near shit his pants. Tanjiro is honorable. He is kind-hearted. He is merciful. He is a warrior with a gentle soul. And for those that, just wondering out there, those are the type of people you really do not want to intentionally piss off. Because they will do whatever it takes to win. I love that archetype so I love that type so that archetype so much. And for this it works incredibly well for Tanjiro as a character. Cause he because he has to have that role because of how he's trying to save Nezuko. He's trying to save his sister and turn her back to human. There's also this thing where <laughs> I'm not gonna spoil the, the actual moment, but Zensu finds that, out what's in Tanjiro's like little wooden box that his sensei made for Nezuko to be in. And when Nezuko comes out to like get some air, basically, and just to walk around, Zansu insta crushes on him. Insta crushes, and it's hilarious. We also find out, throughout talking about my boy Inosuke, Inosuke, I'm doing like, again, I'm just rapid firing. This, this probably looks bad, but <laughs> Inosuke actually is a proper swordsman. He's not just some wild lad who lives in the woods, he is a master of what is known as beast form. And Beast Form is quite interesting. Him as a character is quite interesting because it's all about like, oh, I'm the strongest. I am the toughest. And when he sees someone stronger or tougher than him, he like, he's like, he's like, he gets fan. He's like awestruck. Like, oh, it's so cool. But he doesn't show it. He, he, because he wears that, that boar's head, it just comes off as, he's just staring very intensely in your direction. And it's the funniest thing ever. He also, so it's, it's basically the goofball type strong idiot character, the cowardly type character who does have a heart of gold in the end. He does have a heart of gold. He's not just some giant putt. He does have a heart of gold. And under certain circumstances, he can be kind of a badass. And under certain circumstances, and I don't want to, again, I, I, I'm going to spoil certain things, but not everything. 
and again, and again, Tanjiro is the honorable leader of this group, unofficially leader, but still. I should also talk about Nezuko because Nezuko isn't just like so. Again, some damsel in distress character who's like the only reason the plot moves forward. She is the, one of the reasons the plot moves forward. She's the main reason the plot moves forward. However, she is not damsel in distress at all. Nezuko can fight. Nezuko fights a lot in this show slash movie. So while Tanjiro was training in a way for, to become a demon slayer, officially, Tanjiro sensei, in a weird way, kind of put this, uh, this hypnotic trance or spell on Nezuko to where, unlike most demons, instead of, well, this isn't what he did, but instead of, so he put a, he put a trance on her to where she protects humans instead of trying to eat them. And instead of eating humans to gain her strength, she sleeps for long periods of time. She regains her strength by sleeping. And people, in a later episode, it's shown like how effective that spell definitely actually is. I'm not, I'm not going to say how, but like there is, a, there is multiple times where Nesco could have became a full demon. However, she, her, she still has her humanity and she still loves her brother. She wants to become human. And the fact that humanity is not gone, even though her, her, she is part demon now, or fully demon, that says a lot. Because most of the demons, if not all the demons that you meet in the show, they gave up their humanity because of some, either some awful action or some unjust reason. There was one in particular, I'm not going to mention which one, but it really broke my heart as to why he became a demon. Or like his, his tragic backstory that made him turn into it. That was part of the reason why he became a demon. It was quite sad. I was actually surprised how sad it actually was. It was kind of, fu- it was kind of fucked up. Where does the story go from here? Well, as I mentioned before, there is a lot of arcs that this anime can cover, and I hope it does get renewed for multiple seasons and more movies come out of it, but there is the Entertainment District uh, arc, the Swordman, Swordsmith Village arc, the Hashira Training arc, the Infinity Castle arc, and then there is the Sunrise Countdown arc. That's, that's just a few of them, if not all of them. And I could see this having one or two, maybe three more seasons. I really hope this does. So I hope this really does super, super well. And I hope the movie brought in a lot of money. I know that it did. So I'm going to go ahead and say some figures right now. If I'm correct on this, the Demon Slayer movie is the number one animated movie in Japan. And it is whooping ass in the American box office. Like, I know that Mortal Kombat recently came out as well, and I might actually do a review on that now that I think about it, because I did see it. But Mortal Kombat had the box office for, like, a little while, but then Demon Slayer came back out of nowhere and uppercutted the shit out of it and took number one spot back, which is crazy. It's crazy that this is happening. Anime is slowly gaining, like, it's becoming... um, peak pop culture if it's not already peak pop culture uh but yeah and i mean i know why this movie is doing so well it's it's doing slash done so well is because of the story it is a fantastic story but what would i give demon slayer season one and demon slayer mugen train the movie what would i give or the movie mugen train what would i what would i give them what rank would i give them well i would say for the, let's do let's do first season. I'm gonna do first, I'm gonna give my rating my rating for first season, and then I'm gonna give it for the movie. 
So with fantastic characters, great character progression, great story progression, fantastic arcs, beautiful animation, all these things, Demon Slayer Season 1, for me at least, this is my opinion, y'all, Demon Slayer Season 1 and the movie get a... I'm, I'm, I am kind of building up anticipation, but also at the same time, I'm thinking in my head, like, does it really deserve this? And fuck it, if I, if I, if I, redu- if I redact, I redact later. Both these get a 5 out of 5. I said it. I did it. I said it, and I'll do it again. It's a 5 out of 5. I absolutely adored this. I absolutely adore this anime. And I want to give context as to why. I gave it a 5 out of 5. So, put a long story short. Before I started this podcast up, I had a, a job where I moved stuff for a company. And while I was doing a pickup, the thing we're picking up didn't pick up at all. It actually landed on my foot and I was injured, so I had to be out of work. While I was out of work is when I started really getting into anime. I mean, like binging, binging anime. Fucking, I watched Demon Slayer. I watched JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I watched Uzuki Chan Wants to Hang Out. I watched. Hunter Hunter. I watched so much anime. It's ridiculous. I actually do have a subscription to both Funimation and Crunchyroll. I have binged the shit out of some anime. I'm catching up on so many anime that I have missed. I have. And yes, for those wondering, I do have anime like Yu Yu Hakusho in there that I'm going to catch up on. I do have anime like Trigun, which I remember being on TV when I was a kid, but I never watched it because again, kid, kid JP thought anime was silly. But adult JP knows that kid JP is full of shit. <laughs> but yeah, out of the ones I've seen, I'm starting to slowly pick my favorites. I'm starting to build like one of my favorite animes that I've seen so far. And Demon Slayer is up there. It is one of them, and rightfully so. It may be considered normie shit by some people. That's your opinion. Again, bro, like I have seen so many fucking anime. It is ridiculous. It's just that Demon Slayer really caught my eye with how surreal the story was and how not necessarily how mature, because like there's a lot of mature anime out there, but it just it just hit me a certain way. And I can't ignore I can't ignore that types of the type of like feelings I had for it. Like when when watching it. Like I was fully invested in it from episode one to the final episode of the season and through the movie as well. But obviously, and yeah, this isn't going to be the only anime I talk about. I am going to cover others that I have, t- I have watched. Not all, but some. And I'm going to be picking them out one by one as we go on. But yeah, that, those are my thoughts on Demon Slayer and the movie. This is, a, this is a little bit of a shorter episode, but not necessarily. I mean, we only got five minutes before we hit 40 minutes talking. But yeah, those are my thoughts. Uh, if you. Let's do this. Let's do this. I'm also going to go ahead and just plug my, my Twitter while I'm at it. I am on Twitter at the most meta. If you saw the movie, here's what we're going to do, guys, for my audience out there. First off, if you don't follow me on Twitter, please follow me on Twitter. I would greatly appreciate it, and I will be interacting with y'all. I might do more of these, actually, with, to interact, to, in a way to interact with y'all. But for now, two things. Let's do two things. Tell me what you thought of when this episode releases and you hear this part, obviously, go to my Twitter. I'm going to have a question posted. What did you think of, if you saw it, if you've watched it, what do you think? What do you think of Demon Slayer? 
What do you think of the movie? And I want a big, I want a big three. So what do you think of Demon Slayer? What do you think of the movie? And just so I can, just so I can do this, what is an anime that you would like me to watch and review? Because I will, I will do some requests on here. I will do some requests, not all. <laughs> because I don't want to be looked at a certain way. And I, you, y'all know the type of anime I'm talking about. I'm not doing them. But holy shit, y'all. Yeah, that, um, those are all my thoughts on Demon Slayer, the movie. And I pose those questions again. I would like to have a talk with, with, my, with my audience about what they think of Demon Slayer as a series and what they thought of the movie, because I thought the movie was spectacular. I stayed and watched until the credits were done and the screen was completely blank. It was phenomenal. But with that said, I would like to thank all of you for listening in on me nerding out about all things Demon Slayer. There's obviously a lot I didn't cover. There's a lot I didn't say. Either to avoid, I don't want to spoil everything, but should you watch these two? Absolutely. Either watch the full season in the movie, if it's still available in theaters or through video on demand, watch it. Or just wait for the movie to come out on the streaming services because it will definitely come out on the streaming Either watch the full season or watch the recaps that Funimation put out. Either way, you're in for a damn good time. But yeah, with all that said, thank you all for tuning in and listening. I appreciate it very much. Again, please follow me on our social media for all updates on this podcast. And uh, again, just to talk to me, I'm a, I feel like I'm a pretty uh, easy to talk to guy. <laughs> yeah, thank you all so much for listening. I, pre- I really do appreciate it. And as I always end these episodes, here in the metaverse, remember that here in the metaverse, we relish the past, enjoy the present, and embrace the future. And I cannot wait to embrace all of you magnificent people for another merry episode of Talking Meta. Until then, everyone, good night and goodbye. See you. See y'all later, y'all.